Well, today we're going to talk about Just Do It. This is the second to last in our series that we're doing on uh, the Gospel Unchained. And so we're going to be talking about that phrase, Just Do It. Because in Galatians 5, which is a chapter we're going to be looking at, we see that Paul is really encouraging us to take some action steps in, in really working grace in your life. How many of you know that, that uh, it's such a, such a divide between what the Lord did for us and what the Lord wants to do through us? And some people want to put everything on the Lord. Well, let the Lord's will be done. The, if, if I'm going to lose weight, the Lord's going to have to do it. I want to tell you something. You might have to do a little bit. See? Like, like undereat instead of overeat. And so we, we find that the, the Bible is a book that encourages action, not just simply uh, easy believism. And so everything that I'm going to talk about has an it attached to it. Just do it. This phrase, just do it, was made famous by Nike uh, as its slogan, just do it. The just do it campaign launched in 1988 was highly successful with this magazine called The Age, selecting the campaign as one of the two top taglines of the 20th century with it being both universal and intensely personal. Now that's quite a thing that a tagline would be, uh, uh, you know, number two tagline. Like I remember growing up and seeing Folgers coffee commercials and it would say, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup, which caused all the millennials to gag. But I still like Folgers coffee. I don't get it with Natalie around or with Kim around, but when I'm away eating spam and other things that are banned from the home, <laughs> I can have Folgers in my cup. What's the tagline for Coca-Cola? Does anyone remember? The, uh, it's, it's the real thing? The real thing. Uh, maybe that was the number one, I don't know, but the Coca-Cola was around a long time before Nike. So this phrase, just do it, really soared in popularity along with that swoosh, the swoosh emblem on the side of, a, uh, of your Nike tennis shoes and, and, and wear. And that was designed by a little gal in Portland. She just created it for him. And, and uh, so it makes you feel like you have the wings of mercury on your feet when you run, et cetera, et cetera, or when you walk through the mall with your handicap sticker on your, on your car. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody wears Nikes, don't they? Nike responded with a tough take no prisoners ad campaign. One of the campaign's objectives was to target all Americans regardless of age, gender, or physical fitness level, which led to Nike becoming worn as a fashion statement, not just as fitness gear. Nearly 80% of Nike's running shoes are not worn for their intended purpose. It makes people think you might run, or that maybe 30 years ago you used to run. Nike's fundamental objective was to represent sneakers as a fashion statement to consumers, especially females, teens, and males aged 18 to 40. Many of us got hit then and we still wear Nikes. Now, where did that phrase, what inspired that? Because Dan Whedon was the co-founder of the advertising agency Whedon and Kennedy. He described the surprising genesis of the slogan in an interview at the Design Indaba conference in Cape Town last month. Here's what he said. He said, 
at that time, he said, I was recalling a man in Portland, Whedon told Dezine. Remember how in 1988 he was struggling to come up with a line that would tie together a number of different TV commercials the fledgling agency had created for the sportswear brand? He describes the man he was thinking of. This man also grew up in Portland and ran around doing criminal acts in the country and was in Utah where he murdered a man and a woman and was sent to jail and put before a firing squad. Okay, Nikes will never look the same for me anymore. Whedon continued. They asked him if he had any final thoughts, and he said, let's do it. I didn't like let's do it, so I just changed it to just do it. The murderer was Gary Gilmore, who had grown up in Portland, Oregon, the city that was home to both Nike and Whedon and, and Kennedy. By some accounts, Gilmore actually said, let's do this, just before he was shot. Okay. Wow. So here's a guy in, his, in 1988, and he's pondering, trying to help Nike, which I read the whole uh, book called Shoe Dog, which is an amazing account of, of uh, how uh, Phil Knight and the team formed this, this uh, shoe development and, and athletic wear development on a shoestring, and and the struggles to get money and financing, and it was a struggle, and there were different things along the way that really made a difference. One of it was this advertising AG agency, and Phil didn't like to advertise, and they convinced him, you know, with advertising, I think we can push the corporation ahead, and so just do it. Ad after ad, just do it. But the guy got his thought by thinking of a guy who was actually telling the authorities, let's get this done if you're gonna kill me, Let's do it. Just do it. <laughs> and he was, and it inspired him that, you know, anything that's worthwhile, if you're going to run a marathon, just do it. Yeah. If you're going to build a house, it's probably good that you get a lot. Buy a lot. Not a lot of lots, but at least one lot. Maybe it's going to take you a while, but just do it. How many of you know that so many people don't put the ball into play? They, they, they have all these things they'd like to do, but they don't do it because they don't get started. And so we tell people, hey, people say, I want to be a good Christian. Well, just do it. Come to church all the time. It's amazing that not one day that I went to church was I in the tavern too. And many times, if you're in the tavern, you're not in the house of God. Just do it. Just do what's right. Do it all the time. And so this inspired, and he saw a guy that was desperate. <laughs> He's going to get a hole in the head. Can you imagine the last thought? I need this firing squad like I need a hole in my head, you know? But here was a desperate man, and, and, and he said, let's do this. I think sometimes, you know, when you get surgery, how many of you have gone to surgery and right when that anesthesiologist is trying to calm you and it's like with me, I'm usually, I pray Jesus' last words, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. I even go Catholic. <laughs> Hail Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners not at the hour of our death. No, I'm, I'm just teasing. I, I, just, I just pray to Jesus. But what I'm saying is, if you've ever gone to surgery and you know, when you go under, and it only takes like 20 or 30 seconds, and you're, 
you're asleep. If ISIS ever wants to behead me, I'm gonna say, let me call my anesthesiologist. <laughs> and when they put that over me, I'll go, just do it. <laughs> but to take a step and get surgery, lost a dear friend in, uh, in my friend Tio Chichui, who died of a heart attack, and about three months before he did, I encouraged him, just do it, Tio. Go get your stents put in. Get your arteries opened up. You can go to Budapest, or, which is the capital of Hungary. You can go to Bucharest. And he waited. And then he had a massive heart attack. And I'll always miss Tio. He was a wonderful, tremendous man of God. His sons are doing a great job. So the ministry's going on. But sometimes I think, you know, important things, we've got to do what's right. So I'm going to give you some, some things about how we as Christians, we aren't planning on killing people and getting shot in Utah. I don't even know if the law in Utah permits uh, capital punishment anymore. Most states have closed it down. But we need to just do it concerning cooperating with the grace of God in our life. Say, grace, grace. is more than just saving me from my habitual disgrace. Grace will pull you out of, a, out of a deep well. But that's not all that the grace of God does. God's purpose in his grace is not only to redeem you from the negative, but to build you in the positive. I think we could win a lot more people to Jesus if we let the grace of God build our lives and our families and such that everybody goes, man, that was definitely something supernatural got up in your family. Right? So, so cooperating with the grace of God allows us to get all of the upsweep and all of the positive things that God wants to bring in our lives. So we're going to talk about action things with the word it attached. Number one, avoid it. There's things to avoid if you're going to let the grace of God work in your life strong. Avoid going back into religious slavery. Say religious slavery. I believe in true and pure, honest religion, okay? The Bible says that pure and undefiled religion is to visit widows and poor and, and that, and keep oneself unspotted from the world. I am a religious guy. I always cringe when people say, this isn't religion, it's, it's relationship. Religion is relationship when it's Christianity. We have a code of ethics, we believe. It's relationship coupled with an ethos. It's an, 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 an ethic uh, that we have that's from the Bible. But religious slavery is a different thing. It's that self-help or that guilt-laden driving to do religious things to make yourself right with God. And so we see that Paul addressed that really strongly from the context of teaching people about how to get free from what he grew up in, which was the Jewish religious slavery tied to the following of the law. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. How many of you say, get free? Kim and Natalie, that's my two girls, they did Thank you, guys. I'm going to share a maple bar with you if I can get one. Uh, <laughs> say it with me. Stay, uh, get, free. get free. Stay free. Stay free. Now go like this. Get it. 
Get it. Get it. You're an honorary German. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in, in slavery to the law. Now here it's talking about the Old Testament law. Don't eat this, don't eat that, don't taste, taste this, don't touch. What day do you worship on? Are you a Sabbath keeper? And you can go around town and there are people that will try to, they'll try to subvert your faith. Well, what day do you actually worship? And if you say, well, I go to church on Sunday, oh, you're not keeping the Sabbath. Colossians tells us that God doesn't honor any day. He, God esteems them the same. And, and that Christ is the, is the substance of the whole Sabbath keeping. Jesus is the Sabbath, and I don't take any days off from Jesus. I'm in Jesus Christ, which means that every day of the week for me is the Sabbath day. I'm gonna walk with God today, and I'm going to continue walking with God all the way through Saturday so, so that someone that comes by and wants to make me a vegetarian, wants to put me even under a quasi-religious uh, slavery, I just go, no, no thank you. I don't need the dilution. I've got the pure thing that Jesus said. It's Christ alone that makes me right with God. It's not what I eat. It's not what I drink. It's not what, uh, you know, the way that I say my prayers. At the end of the day, you're free because the Lord has set you free. You can cooperate with grace, and that's different than religious slavery. And Paul said, don't, don't get caught up in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. You can have your external things to make you right with God, or you can have faith in Jesus to make you right with God. They're mutually exclusive. They're not part and parcel of the same thing. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. Watch this. If you are feeling that your relative righteousness in the, and this is what I find when I, when I find people who are still messing with religious pursuits and those that are born of God. Paul was so born of God, he knew he was a wreck. And he knew the day he got saved. If, if you don't know the day you got saved, there's a good chance you haven't been. Huh? There's not one woman that can't tell you what she felt at what time when she was having a baby, unless she was knocked out. Knocked out with an anesthesiologist and had an epidural to boot. Maybe she didn't know. But every, every woman that, that travails in, in natural birth, she knows when that baby was born. And when you're born of God, there's something about being born from heaven and you realize that amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was lost. I was lost. I needed more than a little help. I was dead in my trespasses, and no matter what I did to clean myself up, there were deep stains that can never be taken out by human effort. Go murder someone's child and tell them that you, you've got a friend that wouldn't mind being their kid. It's not the same. Every act of immorality, every act of theft or hatred or meanness or bullying a kid in school. 
If you're going to keep the law, you can't keep it mostly, is what Paul is saying here. You better trot in being as pure as Jesus, because that's who you're trying to substitute out. When you go for medical treatment, we have a carrier called uh, Christian Healthcare. But we have to always declare that we're self-pay, and then we explain all of the bills are sent to our Christian health care, and, uh, and it's, it functions as, as, a, as a health care provider, and it's a wonderful program. I'm not selling it, I'm just telling you what we do. But there was a time we didn't have that. And so Kim and I, from time to time, would have health care issues, and it was okay when it was up to $8,000. But there are some people that require medicines that are 8000 a month, Hello? Yeah. Certain treatments can take you 8,000 a month. Certain surgeries, you go do a stint in the hospital, you go to, you go to an emergency room up at Rogue Valley, uh, Asante, you're gonna pay around 3,500 for a, a, a standard, just come in and check me out. You know, if, if they end up taking you into emergency and do the test. So, <laughs> can you imagine going before the angels of God at the judgment going, hey, do you have a carrier? Did, did you take Jesus' assurance um, of life? Uh, no, I, I didn't need Jesus. I, I'm self-pay. For he that's guilty of one aspect of the law is guilty of all, and you're self-pay? Yeah, 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 I heard about Jesus, and, but, but see, I, wanted, I, I, I didn't want to be beholden to anybody. So I was working out my own See, you work out your own salvation, you don't work out your own righteousness. Salvation means I'm responsible to access his grace. Righteousness is created by God. And so he's the broker of my eternal freedom. And Paul is trying to say this, hey guys, if you're bewitched and you're going back, here's what you're, you're swapping out. I brought you to believe in Jesus Christ alone, aside from whether you eat pork, had bacon on your maple bar with or without bacon. Bacon just enhances vegetables even. Celery wrapped in bacon, I'll have some. Broccoli wrapped in bacon, I'll take it. Is it crispy? We find out that righteousness allows us access. For if you've been trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. It's either self-pay or the grace of God. They're mutually exclusive. I can't be heading to Seattle and think I'm getting closer to Los Angeles. Not at least by driving. I'm either saying, no, my destination is LA, I'm going out down I-5 or Highway 99 when I get to Sacramento, but I'm going to Los Angeles. And so, okay, Kim did the signal right. She looked at me with those eyes that said, you're dilly-dallying last time. And, and I'm trying, and I was asking her and she just kept smiling and, and, and finally I divined that I was going too slow. So I told her the universal signal is move it along. Okay, everyone do that, help me. Help me, okay. Stop it, you guys. <laughs> guys are a bunch of pukes. Okay, but, but I love you. You're my pukes. Okay. 
But we who live by the Spirit eagerly await to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Point number two, not only do we need to avoid it, avoid religious slavery, but number two, we need to live it. We need to live in freedom positively. How many of you know that some Christians, man, they're like, Man, get me near a sinner. They're just like boring me to death and they're mean and they're nasty and they're judgmental. How of you know, please don't be judgmental, but if you are judgmental, at least have a decent sense of humor. It's one thing to have good, good theology and it's one thing to, to you know, walk the straight and narrow, but our call isn't to, to be the, the downer at every event. If what you're doing is really good, I believe that that the lifestyle that I live and my wife live and, 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 and I believe we live as a congregation, I think it's good. I think we have a good lifestyle. And so if someone comes and goes, I don't want to be around joy anymore. I, you guys all suck. I go, I'll see you later. Because so many people, they leave here and they come back. They go, oh, it was not as bad as I thought. Can I come home? Sure, you can come home. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like your lifestyle has got to be enough candy if, if seeing Christians that are walking in the joy of the Lord is not enough, what else are you going to do? But Paul is saying, hey, live, it, live in freedom positively. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So being forgiven of your sins means that you've got a clean slate. You could go fill it with sin again. Why? Why? I don't know about you, but man, when I got free of sin, it's like, like eating vomit. Why would, you, why would you want it? And I know that we get snared, and I know there's a lot of reasons. But I'm just trying to tell you that when you're free right now, stay free. Positively. Don't just go, oh, I just had a venereal disease shot. Now I'm, I'm free. I've got no disease. I can go back into it and maintain the lifestyle. Change the lifestyle. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Biting and devouring, what does that mean? It means we're critical. We're angry all the time with somebody. Let's say that, that a brother or sister is straying. You know, it's okay to say, you know, I'm really kind of bummed you know, uh, you know, Ricky or Lucy or someone, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of taking a vacation back in hell. Well, they need prayer. They don't need to be devoured. It's okay to say they're, 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 they're really stupid. I want to punch that knucklehead. That's good. Then you go home and your prayer is nothing but positive. Hello? I'm going to tell you something. I've been mad at everybody who's been over here five years. At some point, I wanted to choke you for something. Except for Pete Miller, and he's untouchable. Has anybody been near a real family? In a real family, there are squabbles. In a real family, folk talk about the rest of the family. 
Sometimes at Joy, people go, oh, people talk about me. It means you actually exist here, and they know you, and they love you, and they care for you, okay? That doesn't mean they're throwing you away. And all of us at our family, it's not our job to be the one that's raiding everybody's run. When we feel that someone's failing, our job is to say, dear God, undergird. Book of James, I believe, says that if you see a brother in sin, that you can pray for that one. So I really believe outside of absolute rejection of Jesus Christ fully and, 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 and uh, apostasy, I believe that I have the power and you do, scripturally, to ask forgiveness for uh, knucklehead stuff that our brothers and sisters do. That's a lot different than biting and devouring them. Live this freedom positively so we live it. Then also take note of it. Take note of and understand that the spirit versus the sinful nature. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. <laughs> How many found out that you have a nature in you that wants to do evil? Well, brother, I've never had an evil thought since I got saved. Yeah, you do. It's called you have a religious spirit and you're a liar. <laughs> Two of the worst sins you can get into. You're, you're deceived and you're a liar. How many of you know that your flesh, if you don't walk in the spirit, your flesh wants to be naughty? My inner Fritz wants to manifest. It's all about me. And Paul says this. He said, take note of it. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Where at? They're not fighting it out up on, you know, Rocky, uh, Roxanne. They're fighting in your head. How many of you found that since you become Christian, you felt more schizophrenic? When you're a heathen, it's like, I'm going off to sin. Hi-ho, hi-ho, off to sin I go. You know, there was no battle, except how loaded you could get or who might connect with you. And all of a sudden, you come into Jesus, and it's like, oh, there's monsters up there warring. Do bad, come back, come back. Look, you are my son. No! <laughs> Note it! Note it! Put it on your refrigerator door. That's a song. Take this down. We're going to do a lot better when we understand this war in my head can't be avoided. But the answer is very plain. I've got to walk in the Spirit. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under, under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. <laughs> Sounds like some people, when they have a really bad connect group, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I guess there's more on the list. We just don't have time to list them all. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Please don't practice those things and think, well, I just kind of, I just put that under grace. I'm only human. No, no, no. You are, you are 
created to be a son and daughter of God. And as a son and daughter of God, then we have to give energy by noting and, and inviting the Holy Spirit to convict you to put those things away. Not to just cover you when you continually stay in those. Number four, enjoy it. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Like a good fruit tree, we planted a plum tree, and, and uh, last year we took enough plums off there that it, it paid for itself. The tree's paid for itself. I mean, it $8.50 from Costco. We're in the bonus rounds, and I see we have lots of plums coming. And that's the way the fruit of the Spirit is. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You know, Jamie, you're about ready to destroy your life with too much joy and peace. You know, we're going to have to restrict it. How many of you know that the fruit of the Spirit you don't have to restrict? If someone's moving in dissensions, you do need to restrict them. Chill out. How many of you know that it's good to cease and desist from sinful behaviors? But these are the ones that, hey, go cut yourself a slice of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Have seconds. Just st stick around the buffet. We won't even charge you double when it goes from breakfast to lunch and dinner. You can have all you want. Enjoy it. And then finally, nail it. Number five, nail down the passions of the sinful nature. Galatians chapter 5, 24 and 26. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. If you want to understand what nailed looks like, it's when Steph Curry comes up and a guy's got his hand in his face and he's about three feet beyond the, the, the three-point line or four feet or five feet and he goes, Whoosh! and the thing just looks like beauty, shook. He, and, and he looks around to the crowd, nailed it. How of you know that's God's goal for you? Nail it. Nail that sin nature. Nail it down. It said they've nailed the passions, desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That, that's going to require you to part, participate in it. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Real briefly, just reading back our outline. Avoid it, point one. Don't go back into religious slavery. Huh? Maybe over the years, even sitting under this congregation, there have probably been times, in fact, I know there have been times, that I've added things that weren't the gospel. I'm sorry for any application that has taken you outside of faith in Christ alone to Christ plus this. It's Christ alone. Avoid it. We don't go into religious slavery, no matter where we learned it from or if we made it up ourselves. Number two, live it. Live your freedom positively. How many of you are glad to be free in Jesus? How many of you want to live it positively before the world? Okay, so we don't devour one another. Three, take note of it. How many of you know the devil's a factor, temptation's a factor in your life? It's stated there by Paul. It's a New Testament truth. Jesus even said, pray, Lord, deliver us from the evil one. 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Even in the Lord's Prayer, he brings the devil up. The devil's a part of your life. He's like when you have a child and, and, and you're divorced, as long as your babies are alive, there's some realm of tie you have to your ex. That was really beautiful, amen. <laughs> Number four, enjoy it. Enjoy the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Number five, I don't know why I brought that point up. That was so stupid. Nail it. Nail the passions of the sinful nature. Could we stand together? Thank you for being semi-patient with me. Or at least if you weren't being patient, you were being restrained and quiet. You know, there's a complete difference between born, being born again and someone that decided to try to live better. See, a lot of people want to live better. Many people try to clean themselves up to come meet the Lord. But how much scrubbing would it take for me to take my dog, Marco, and wash him and wash him and wash him and turn that big old 80-pound Labrador into a kitty cat? We know that's stupid. We know that would be absolutely ridiculous. But so many people think it makes sense that if they clean themselves up, they can be born of God. That's a part of the works package. That's not what grace is. Grace is dropping your bass guitar and still smiling. Now that's the grace right there. Which by the way, this is the last Sunday for Thomas and Melissa. They're going to be moving to Eugene. We're going to miss some. All right. <laughs> so our loss is Joy Church, Eugene's gain. And once a joy boy, always a joy boy. Now it gets easier because we're planting churches. But the idea of cleaning yourself up to know God, the cleansing comes because your dad wants to birth you. Through faith in Jesus, he wants to birth you. Jesus told Nicodemus, who was practicing religion diligently, said, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. And Nicodemus needed explanation. And we all do. What it is, it's just simply this. There's a, a call in your heart that says, I think I am screwed up. I think all the scrubbing isn't going to take away this problem. God is so holy, so perfect. He's so pure that the best I can do is to scrub my garments and there's still a clear stain in them, but hopefully he won't notice that. But the way our father is, he saw our mess and he said, I'll come to you through the person of Jesus Christ. And what he says to you is, hey, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I will convey away your sins. And so every time the devil tries to condemn you and say, you're just an old drunk. You're just an old doper. Or you were the school harlot. You can say, I agree. That was the person that died with Christ on the cross. But I've risen in newness of life because God has made me a new person. God has made me a new person. I am born again. And through the waters of baptism, I leave my past behind. 
I don't know about you, but I'm still excited about the gospel, the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. The simple gospel that hit Paul on the, on the road to Damascus. He had practiced religion. He'd practiced trying to know God. And aside from anything that he had done, Jesus comes to him and told him when he first got saved, he said, you're going to suffer a lot for my name's sake. And he was going, worth it. Worth it. And he was mad. Paul was mad to say anything else. Then the simple gospel is a lie. Because he knew that we cannot, by keeping any law, any code, cleanse ourselves. We must be born of God. We must be born of God. Close, close your eyes if you would and, and bow your, your, your head. I just want to make an appeal. I want to talk to you that have been trying to work your way to God. And all of a sudden your eyes are coming open. You go, man, what Pastor Steve's preaching today is really true. I can't. I can't jump that high. I can't run that strong. I can't wash these garments. And how many of you say, I'd like to join God. I'd like him just to forgive me of my sins. I'd like to leave here as a brand new per person on this beautiful Father's Day. If that's you, raise your hand. We want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. That's the pure gospel. That's the pure gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our challenge is to drop all other ladders to go into the Lord's sheepfold. It's through Him we come in. Right now, no one's raising their hand that they need to be born again. So open up your eyes. I think it's good that we tell our dad how cool he is. How of you know Father God's the bomb? He's so awesome. sometimes we need to have an emotional experience with God. Del, when you're out there riding your horse, chasing down some cattle or whatever else you need to chase down, other horse, your dad's looking out over you, man. He's loving on you. Nothing you could do to earn it. All we can say is thanks, God. I just want to run hard after you. How many of you want to just take a moment? Can we lift up our hands to the Lord? Can we tell Father thanks for his undescribable mercy that he shows us? Lord, we lift our hands to you. We lift our hands to you, Lord. And we worship you. We worship you. you you sent the sun to make us new father we worship you it's faith alone is all we do praise your name 
We give you the glory, Lord. You're awesome, God. You inspire us, Lord. You're the one who takes away our sins by the blood of the Lamb. We worship you. We sing to you, Lord. We sing. Come on, let's sing. Let's sing. Let's take a moment and sing to God. Let's praise his name. Let's praise his name. We lift our heart with our hands to the one who has freed us. We lift our heart with our hands to glorify the King. Hallelujah. Ah. Lord, I pray that you would just lift up the head of every person here. The Spirit of God is a spirit of encouragement. And Lord, there's road rash in this life. There's things that wound us deeply, and I pray, Lord, like the great Father you are, you, Father, would heal everyone, the bruised, the wounded, the spiritually blind, the physical blind, Lord, all manner of need that we have, Lord, we look to you. Thank you, God. Build up your people. Let them have a great Father's Day today. In Jesus' name, amen.